Chapter 7 Stella took two deep breaths. She cracked the door to the activities hall and looked inside. Around the brightly painted room were grouped a dozen or so Fairmount residents, the students' elderly partners. Each sat in an institutional chrome and plastic chair, and each had a student or two sitting on the floor at his or her knee. Witty and inspirational posters were hung about the room, and only two of the residents were sleeping, so the place seemed to Stella to buzz with energy. She had to hand it to the red-haired teacher. The elderly and teenaged partners meeting is going well, I see. Fantastic, the teacher agreed. We're just talking about what interested us in our teen years. What a good idea. Did you know that the word teenager wasn't even in use until the 1940s? Stella trailed off, because she noticed, standing next to the teacher, Mrs. Pardetta Warren, director of Fairmount Manor. Next to the red-haired teacher, the warden looked small in her brown suit and as harmless as a bird. Steady on, Stella. The warden said, Mrs. Ryman, please join us. Stella blinked. No, thank you. Please, the warden stared. Yes, Mrs. Ryman, please join the group, the teacher said. You know, I'd be interested to hear what your favorite song was when you were fifteen. Do you remember? Like it was yesterday. Stella's friend, Sylvia's older sister, had the record and they'd played it every school night and all through the weekend until Sylvia's father smacked it against his knee and tipped the shards into the bin with a satisfied clatter. She looked about the room. It was called, her eyes settled on edge, sitting on the carpeted floor beside Theo's chair. It was called Marzy Dotes. What's that again? the teacher grinned. Marzy dotes. Now, may I please talk to Edge for a few minutes? The teacher said, Sure. Come on, Edge. Marzy dotes, the warden said. I've never heard of that song. Are you sure you have the right title, Mrs. Ryman? Stella decided to rise gracefully above the tone of the director's remark. But as Edge rose to his feet and moved with obvious reluctance towards Stella, she realized that the most important thing was to make certain that neither the teacher nor Mrs. Warren asked any questions about why she wanted to talk to one of the visiting students. So she drew a deep breath and sang, Marzy dotes and dozy dotes. The teacher and his student grinned. Little lambs eat ivy, Mrs. Warren frowned. Edge tucked his chin inside the neck of his hoodie and slinked past her as if he was afraid she was contagious, with a feeling that, no matter from what motive she sang it, she must honour its memory, and she finished with a flourish. A kid'll eat divey too, wouldn't you? Over the sound of applause, Stella stepped outside and closed the door behind her. She discovered Edge leaning up against the wall a few yards away from the activities hall door. That's not a good song, Edge mumbled. Stella said, 
You know what's not good, Edge? Making fun of an old lady. A blind old lady. I didn't, Edge said. You're doing it right now. You've got Thelma Hughes underwear in your pocket. Edge put a hand into his pocket. In a low voice, he asked, How'd you know? I know, because I saw them trailing out of your pocket, and pretty soon you think you're going to be pulling Thelma's out, waving them around, and joking about an old lady's underwear to your friends. I know what you boys are like. What? Edge grunted. Don't what me. You think it's funny being old? I've got news for you. Old age is coming, even to you, if you're lucky. And if somebody steals your underwear, that's not it at all. And laughs at you? Thelma is over ninety years old. She took a step nearer. How dare you mock her this way? How can you boys be so cruel? She broke off. She couldn't carry on in this fashion, because... There was something wrong with what she was saying. He didn't appear to be cruel at all. In a way, he, she wished he were. It would be so much easier if this boy had been one of the horrible ones, the throw stones at cats and burn ants with magnifiers type. But Stella could detect no cruelty about him. Nor could she sense shame. The boy's posture communicated nothing but tension. He pulled himself deeper into his hoodie. She said, I don't understand you. There's only one reason a boy would steal an old lady's underwear. But was that true? What if Thelma had brought two pairs of underwear to the bathroom? What if she had dropped one, and despite their bright color, Stella hadn't noticed she had dropped it? What if this youngster had just picked them up out of neatness, and that didn't explain what the boy was doing in Thelma's room, nor did it sound like any teenage boy she'd ever know, certainly not like her grandson Derek, who practically carpeted his room with his discarded clothes. Did you even steal those underwear at all? The boy in the hoodie coughed. You can lower your voice, but you can't disguise an unexpected cough. Stella took a step back. She could hardly believe her ears. Edge, take off that hoodie, she said, stealing herself, or I will. Stella wasn't quite sure what she would have done had Edge not complied. Involved the teacher, she supposed. But Edge pulled back the hoodie, and Stella found herself face to face with a teenaged girl. Chapter 8 The girl had almost gotten away with the deception. Thank heavens she had not. Stella imagined herself reporting the boy to the teacher and to Mrs. Warren, director of Fairmount Manor, and both of them demanding to know what boy. She felt a wave of relief that she had gone after Edge on her own. You keep saying he, Edge said, I thought you must be too old to tell or something, so I kept my mouth shut. I wasn't trying to make fun of you, though. Maybe, but you've still got Thelma's underwear, and I want to know what on earth they're doing in your pocket. Edge 
laced her hands together in front of her and studied her fingers. Art. Art? Stella blinked. Yes. Edge glanced at the activity hall door out the side of her eye. It's for an art project. Underwear? Stella's own eyes narrowed. Edge, you aren't going to stand there and tell me your high school art teacher told you to break into a senior citizen's room and swipe a pair of her underwear. Sort of, Edge said. What does that mean? Collage, Edge said. You know, gluing interesting stuff on cardboard. Interesting stuff? Yeah, Edge patted her pocket. It's, um, brightly colored, right? With birds on it. And you had to steal from Thelma Hugh to get brightly colored stuff with birds on it? Well, there are four of us in my art class group, and... Edge's tone rose and her words quickened as if the girl was inspired. If you can think of a good theme for the collage, then your grade goes way up. What theme? Um, Edge swallowed. Um, the ages of man. I'm, I mean woman. I've got to get a baby booty next. Stella hauled them back to the point. You steal things? For a good reason, Edge pointed out. And nothing that anybody's going to miss. That old lady must have had 15 pairs of those underwear. Maybe you're not cruel after all, Stella studied Edge. But you're certainly thoughtless. And by the letter of the law, you're a thief. Furthermore, young lady, you're not going to use Thelma's underwear to get a good mark in art class. Stella held out her hand for them. Edge's expression, which had opened when she was talking about her group, snapped shut again. I've got to keep them. He said, who? A silence. Who said? Not your teacher. No. Edge slipped another sideways glance at the activities hall. Stella said, show me who told you to steal those underwear. Chapter 9 Edge opened the activities hall doorway and stood half inside and half out, silhouetted with a slenderness Stella had not achieved since 1952, nor had dreamed of achieving since the late 1970s. Nobody ever said that being elderly was wasted on the elderly, but she had heard the adage that youth is wasted on the young. Stella did not know whether this was as true as it sounded. Every age longed for a youthful figure, smooth skin, and that unthinking articulation of sinew and bone. She was aware that young people were not satisfied with their innate and splendid glow. They wanted larger breasts and slimmer hips, or shinier, more obedient hair. She knew this from experience, and remembered it with irony. Perhaps a better adage would be, beauty is wasted on the young. Or was it? For standing at Edge's side in the open door, Stella followed her gaze to the far side of the room. There, a handsome boy sat, reading a book laid flat across his lap. He was a creature of gold and sunset, wearing his narrow frame with the relaxed grace of a movie star who knows he's being filmed from several angles at once. Stella felt 
a sudden frisson, not of desire, thank God, because in her inner soul an 82-year-old might be 25, but 25 does not desire 16. No, the thrill came from remembering how it felt to love. Back then, when candied hearts reassured you and dreams of a soft and singular kiss kept you awake at night. What's his name? Stella whispered. An instant's hesitation then. Harry. Having uttered the name, Edge seemed less edgy now. Stella watched Harry. She was waiting for the moment when he would look up and meet Edge's gaze. The joining of two such gazes was always a pretty sight, one that she'd seen infrequently over the last few months between Dr. Terry and the lovely care worker, Reliza. Harry raised his eyes from his book and looked straight past the doorway framing Edge and Stella to the red-headed teacher. Stella must have made a quiet groaning noise because Edge turned to her and hissed, What's wrong with you? Waste. That's what's wrong. What do you mean, waste? You love Harry, and he can't even see you. That's a waste of your time and affection. Edge shot Stella a look of such teenaged slyness and satisfaction that Stella wanted to turn on her heel and stomp off. But why should she be angry with Edge for loving a boy who could not see her? Why not be angry with all of womankind who loved that sort of male, including Stella herself? She said, that fellow's not worth your while, so give me that underwear. He and his group are going to turn them into art, maybe. But before they do, they're going to toss them around the room to each other and laugh. They won't, and even if they do laugh, what Thelma doesn't know won't hurt her. I mean, think about it. Somebody could be making fun of you right now and you wouldn't know. That is not at all reassuring. Now give me Thelma's smalls. No, Harry said to get them. What could Stella say against unrequited teen love? As far as she knew, from Romeo to the Twilight Vampires, no one throughout history had come up with a successful argument against it. Reason had failed. Threats were all that remained. Give them to me, Stella said, or I will go and find the care worker who saw you running out through Chrysanthemum Corridor today in such a guilty manner, and it will all come out. Will you be in trouble then? That's none of your business, Edge answered. But if you tell on me, the care worker will find out what you were doing in such a guilty manner in Chrysanthemum Corridor. Will you be in trouble too? None of your business either, Stella said. Touché.